With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Girl, only knew that you 
from my dreams. You kept me company on this secluded island. Our bodies seem to melt, intoxicating, overwhelming intensity.
many places in my life and time I've sung a lot of songs I've made some bad ones I've acted out my life in stages With 10,000 people watching But we're alone now And I'm singing this song to you I know your image of me Is what I hope to be I treated you unkindly But darling, can't you see There's no one more important to me We're alone now And I'm singing this song to you You taught me precious secrets Of a true love Holding nothing You came out in front When I was hiding together Listen to the melody Cause my love is in there Hiding
morning I was singing this song to you We were alone And I was singing this song to you We were alone And I was singing this
You're listening to WJBR Internet Radio, Brunch in the Basement with Javon. No. 
Restaurant, but I. 
WJBR Brunch in the Basement with Jamal. Get to me, is that what you do? 
WJBR Internet Radio. And you know, like I know, that I'm a shockaholic, right? I was trying to see if I could get through the show without playing something by Shaka, but I can't help it. I can't help it. And like Michael Jackson said, I can't help it if I wanted to. and wouldn't help it even if I could. It's my funny Valentine. When you open it to see 
would like to take just one moment to share with you in song a message of thanks. Because if I don't say thank you to the person, the one who gave me this gift of music to share with you, it could all be taken away in the twinkling of an eye. Everybody, it's your girl Monifa, and you are listening to Brunch in the Basement with Javon. Yeah. Yeah, another soul on soul. Yeah, production. Yeah, 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 yeah. I stay soaked in foreign colognes. I keep dipped. Cool, you sweat his hand nick, cause that's that fly shit. I say lace because my body got Versace taste. Rolex on my cuff flooded with diamonds and stuff. A half a dozen hundred bench coupe in my driveway. Tried to have it my way, the flyway. Let you a bad day. I should have kept it real when I was with you. Instead, I dissed you. So now I miss you. True. I love you, baby, I need 
from blunt, been on tour for months, they dipped in crushed linen, player from the beginning, cream and women, and I be sinning, that's how I'm living, ladies in all complexions, connections and ghetto sections, but you'll be that exception, the one I cared about, wanna know about your whereabouts, and then I dissed you, so now I miss you, true, Everybody, I want to thank you so much for listening. You're listening to Brunch in the Basement with Javon and Therese on WJBR Internet Radio. And um, I just want to say on behalf of both of us that we really appreciate you listening and let somebody know about the show, you know. Um, You miss a little bit, you miss a lot. You miss one day, you miss a lot. You never know what going to happen or who might stop by and um I hadn't played it in a while because I don't know why I guess because I have not yet put lyrics to this so I know that there are a lot of budding songwriters and so forth and so on that listen to the show and um this is intro music I I put together for Therese so um if y'all got the lyrics put it together. You never know. Send it to me, and um, you just never know what might happen. Your music might become to residential music, so let me just play it for you. Here you go. should do each week on this show and I know I should have probably mentioned this to you before we were on the air 
and I'm going to pull mine up, but um, as you know, on, on Facebook, right, there are always, they always put up this thing about people's birthdays. Right. Like you get to, to you know, just shout out people maybe. And I, I guess one of the things that I, I want to do is um, publicly on the air while we're doing the show, just um, say happy birthday to the birthdays that come up because, you know, why not? For Keep sure. Up. Let's celebrate. You know what I'm saying? Give yeah, some yeah. birthday shout outs if possible, right? Right, right, right. Um, yeah, but while we're while I'm looking up my birthday shout outs because I said it but didn't have it ready, well we're gonna do that. Um, but in the meanwhile, I saw something very interesting on the internet that I wanted you to talk about, uh-oh. which is yeah, uh oh, which is um the getaway, the LGBT getaway. You have added, you all have added yet another oh, getaway. Yeah. So please uh, tell us about the getaway and tell us who is going to be there with you. For sure. Now, what it is, we are approaching the season of the fourth annual LGBT Arts and Culture Music Festival. And uh, we are absolutely ecstatic because, as you know, um, my wife, Monifa, and I are two of the celebrity ambassadors for it. And we are super excited because we just added in uh, Jody Watley, the legend. Yes, Miss Jody Watley yes. joins us this year, and and she is going to be honored in the, uh, by getting the Vanguard Award. So, yes. so it's it's amazing, and and just to give folks that are probably hearing this for the first time. Um, it is a music festival for friends, family, and allies of the LGBT art community. So what that means is that, you know, if you know, and I get a lot of um, questions about it, so I'm just going to kind of take a minute, if you don't mind, and knock some of those questions out. Um, the first one being the most obvious is, do you have to be gay? No, you do not. <laughs> it is for the friends, family, and allies. Now, if you are, absolutely, come join us. Um, come bring some spirit and leave with some of ours. Um, but also, if you are a friend, a family person, or an ally of the community, you are absolutely a welcome. And Gregory Douglas is the festival's founder, and he is an amazing spirit. And, yeah, we're going to try to see if we can get Greg back on, you know, absolutely. to come and talk about some of his uh, – some of his experiences and also, you know, the direction he's uh, taking the festival in and, you know, all of the, you know, just all of some of his back because he's a really interesting guy and he's a great friend. And uh, we have been with him from the beginning um, during the festival each year. This year it is in uh, Cancun with numerous excursions throughout Mexico. Um, and we have the entire hotel. Uh, we are, over 50% booked up now and um, you know yeah to get more information about it you can either go to all your social media platforms and it's at LGBT Music Fest or you can you can go into the internet of course and you know tell them I sent you and LGBTMusicFest.com so either way 
you know, you can get it. And also, when you follow LGBT Music Fest on your social media platforms, there's a lot of information on there, and including contact numbers to get involved and get in contact with someone to, to get your space. And again, we have the whole entire hotel, the boutique hotel that's beautiful in Cancun, and we have the entire hotel. So it's going to be all us. You know, loving up on seminars and workshops and music and networking and all kinds of things and dancing and just, you know, we we end up just be a part of the extensive family of support and, and um, you know, and networking, which, which is the key. You know, come meet some people, some come do something different than you've done over the holidays. You know, Memorial Day weekend is the holiday where the festivals are May 24th through the 28th. But usually people, you know, they do the typical barbecues or, you know, have the, the one night out or the weekend night out. Come do an excursion. Come come leave the country for a minute and, you know, come hang out and just, you know, get, in, get involved with some folks that you may not or bring a group of people with you, you know. We certainly would love that. And you come meet some of your friends and, and interchange with us and ideas. And we, you never know who's going to join us. But we're super excited that Miss Watley has confirmed her appearance. And we can honor and love up on her because, you know, there are several artists, you know, like herself over the span of time that have been very supportive in the community as well. So, you know, and she being an icon and one of them, I'm super excited to have her on board. Absolutely. I think it's a fabulous thing. And um, I think that everybody who can go should go. Um, Yes. And I think it's, uh, it's wonderful. And, um, what, I, I can't think of the word right now, but um, it, it's it's just um, the the image of you and Mo being the ambassadors. It just um, it's just it just adds to it, you know. Not because I love you two personally, um, but because who of who you two are in and to the community. So um, thank you. I just thank want to you. put that out there. We and are so, super blessed. Thank you. Thank you so much. We are super blessed to be connected, honestly, and we believed in it from the beginning. Um, Greg Douglas, as I said, is uh, um, a friend of ours, and, and he's a great spirit, and his his heart is in the right place with it. He's a business guy first. You know, anybody that has had the pleasure of having Greg make their accommodations or um, take care of them all say the same thing. You know, he's um, someone who works with you. He is someone that can lay out a plan. You know, there are payment plans available. For the event, and you know he's just um, he know he understands arts, culture, and leisure mostly, and and knows how to take care of his customer and point base. He understands the power of our dollar, um, particularly in the community. Um, and he also you know has done a lot of uh, stuff with artists over the years, management, and you know and and so forth, booking. So he's kind of gotten his hands in a few pots. Um, but most of all, I can just speak about his spirit, the man himself, because he's a uh, He's really a good-spirited guy, and that's what you need. You know, someone not only won't understand the impact, but also understands how to be a human, <laughs> you know, first in the exchange. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So and we definitely have to get him back on, no doubt. Yeah. So yeah. I have to do something that's going to seem a little odd, but um, before Nathan James is actually on the line, but hey, before I great. do I just realized that um, <laughs> I may be burning my house down, and Cheryl will ac- absolutely kill me. So <laughs> I'm, gonna play, 
I'm going to run away really quickly. I'm going to play 1960 what? Because I feel like that's where we are right now. And Uh I'm going to come back before the song is over, shut that down and bring Nathan on. And we're going to start talking about what's going on. Okay. Everybody just chill out. Hold up. Wait for me. I'll be right back. I promise. 
that's that's for certain. One more thing before we um before we bring Nathan on, I want to do what I said I was going to do, <clears throat> and I want to wish the following people a very very happy birthday. So Annette Brent, happy birthday, Gloria McFarlane. Happy birthday, A.L. Diaz and Leslie Burke, Quita Hefner, Veronica Kim, Felipe Rose, Melissa McLaren, Siobhan Harris, Walton, Ashante Oblianis, Brenda Sex Black. Happy birthday to you all. And for those of you that I've missed from the beginning of this year, I want you to know that we appreciate you and love you too and happy belated birthday to you all i'm going to try to do it every week if i can remember um and this Loretta, is what, capricorn season how you doing capricorn season yeah right? i think yep we're still in capricorn season i think um aquarius season starts pretty soon like the 22nd or the 23rd of january so i think so i think it's the 19th the 19th, okay. Yeah, yeah. I know it's somewhere in that, that area. So, yeah, oh. your your wife is an Aquarian, right? All day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Mo, sometimes you're just supposed to say you. <laughs> she be freaking me out like that. I'm like, oh, I don't know that voice. Ah, that's scary. But anyway, and Mo, don't tell Cheryl I, burnt, I almost burnt down the house. Jesus, let me knock on some wood here. And she wouldn't tell. She wouldn't tell. But um, anyway, let's get back to let's get back to business. How you doing, Mo? You good? Yeah, I'm good, babe. Hi, everybody. Okay. Good morning. Well, good afternoon. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday to you too, sweetheart. Okay, so I want to inter introduce. Oh Jesus. Maybe I should go back to bed and start again. What y'all think? I don't know. Nathan has been very, very patiently holding on, and I just want to say, Nathan used to do the show with me weekly when I first started maybe four years ago, um, and I had handpicked and asked Nathan to be a part of the show because he has always been supportive and always in the know. He writes for several magazines. He has his own magazine. He's an editor. He's just uh, really smart and um, knowledgeable person who is a sweetheart. And Nathan, unfortunately, I didn't prep and look at all of your stuff to see where you've been. So you can please just let us know all of the things that you've written and all of that stuff. Because as much as I, I... Clearly love you. I am out of it today. Welcome, Oh, you're so sweet, Javon. It's such a pleasure to be back in the basement with you and Therese. And and boy, are we starting the new year off with a bang. But uh, just to to follow up on what you said, yes, people can read my work in many different places. You can... See my work at NBC Out, at the Hollywood Digest, GBQ Magazine, uh, Huffington Post, uh, Pure M Magazine, 
and uh, Slay TV. I'm trying to make sure I don't forget anybody. Uh, and uh, various other platforms. And, of course, my primary focus is on what is going on with the LGBT community at home and around the world. But uh, we've got a lot to cover today. My teacup is running over with all the going on. <laughs> so, so, what what I wanted to start with because since we were we were talking about the LGBT festival and you know it's very true, Nathan. You are very attuned to what's going on in the LGBT community. So I just wanted to knock this out um, and and touch upon. Um, the, I guess the concern with um, Kevin Hart, if if it is a concern mm-hmm. still for people, um, from my understanding, uh, approximately ten years ago, Kevin Hart made a comment or made a joke actually um, about his son, saying that he would disown his son basically if he found out that his son was gay. To my understanding. Yes. That was the the crux of what his joke was. Is this correct? Yeah, it was out of that tweet and a series of other rapidly homophobic tweets that ignited this whole controversy several years ago. Uh, the most incendiary tweet that he made, of course, the one you just mentioned, that if Kevin Hart, Kevin Hart said if he found his son playing with dolls or doing anything gay like that, that he would beat the daylights out of him. And, you know, besides the obvious um, endorsement of child abuse that is inherent in that statement, you know, it lays bare for the world the way that Kevin looks at people, gay men, people in the LGBT community. Of course, this erupted into another firestorm when Kevin was chosen to host the Oscar award ceremony next month. People reminded uh, the public that, Kevin had made these inflammatory statements and never really apologized for them. He made a canned non-apology apology. Then he goes on Ellen DeGeneres and Ellen sticks up for him, saying that Kevin has turned over a new leaf. But again, Kevin kind of dances around the edge of making an apology. Don Lemon on CNN last week uh, said that if Kevin had really turned over a new leaf, he could show that by working as an ally of the LGBT community. Kevin responded, well, that is not my life goal. And I just want to say, you know, as far as uh, Kevin Hart is concerned, you know, one thing that you need to do when you're digging a hole for yourself is put the shovel down. Okay, so I... I Yes, um see this is okay, so this is this is my thing. Um A, Kevin Hart is is a comedian, right? And mm-hmm. after watching him, I watched the clip of him on Ellen. And what he said to me is what essentially A, I would want to hear from someone who had made some derogatory remarks years ago, basically um, denouncing what what he said, that he explained that he was a young guy, a young comedian trying to get jokes. He wasn't as popular as he is now. So he was just trying to get jokes. Um, 
And he understands now that the things that he said then were wrong. And he doesn't make those jokes anymore. And that's not who he is anymore. So I haven't heard of him doing or saying anything recently. And him advocating for the LGBT community doesn't have to be his life's goal. The other thing is, if he needs to apologize to anybody, it's not to me. It would be to his son, who he needs to ensure understands that regardless of who his son grows up to be, that Kevin will always love him and, you know, be there for him. That's, but that's between Kevin and his son. That, that's not an apology owed to me. And that's how I feel about that. Um, he didn't make a joke about me per se. He made a joke about his, a nasty joke about his son um, 10 years ago. And if he's apologized, he may have apologized to his son. Um, a lot of people say they're sorry and then go around and do the same damn thing. Um, <clears throat> I happen to know of a few people in the LGBT community, not a whole gang of people, but one or two people who actually work with Kevin Hart. One person in particular is an out butch woman who is a kid, not not necessarily a caretaker, but an educator because his kids are privately tutored by her. And her experience of Kevin is that he's not homophobic at all and that, you know, they're cool and they've never, they've never experienced anything like that. So, you know, people make jokes about short people, fat people, black people, women, um, misogynistic crap. If I was to take all of that stuff serious, what people said years ago and never got over it myself, I, I just probably wouldn't find anything funny because I don't know. And, and how many, how many parents haven't said something like that about their children, even though that's not cool. I'm not advocating for that. Also being an advocate for of uh, for child welfare, right? That's um another part of my life's work that a lot of people don't know about. But yeah, um there's never been any accounts that I'm aware of of Kevin harming his children in any way. And most people who would really do something like that, they don't need the kid playing with a doll for them to abuse their kids. So you know, I, I think sometimes we have to know when a joke is a joke, even if it's a joke in poor taste. And we have right. to judge people by how they live their lives. Um, and and that's just my take on it. I, I haven't seen him do anything recently, and except. To say, I mean, look, if I if if I was to say, you know, yeah, I I I I was a lesbian back ten years ago, and I just don't live like that no more, you know, and and I really hadn't lived like that, then you know, people who be mad that I was a lesbian get over it. I'm not gonna apologize for it. That's what I did then, but I've grown, and now I'm not a lesbian anymore. Well, goddamn it, I'm still a lesbian. I just want y'all to know, but I'm I'm just saying. <laughs> 
you know, if if someone is truly sorry, they don't don't tell me you sorry. Show me you sorry. You know, right. live it. And I, and I, yeah. So that's that's where I'm at with that. I am at. I I can I can I want to piggyback on something you said too. The um, the greatest apology is change behavior, you know. Um, and prior to him going up with the Oscar bid, I heard um him say actually a few years back, and I guess this must land in between the time that these comments were made and his Oscar bid. So somewhere in the middle, um, he was uh, doing a show where he was being interviewed, and he mentioned um some of the subject matter he does not joke about and I remember him saying LGBT community and so I I suspect that there was a period now I can't confirm completely but I suspect there was a period where he was remorseful about whatever the comments were made Um, particularly and I agree with you Javon particularly about whatever he said about his son um, and just not wanting that standing anymore now Granted, being a young comedian, you're going to say some things. I'm not by no means giving anybody a pass to say anything derogatory. I don't want that misunderstood. But I do understand people enough to know that we are all going to make mistakes. We are all going to either have to redeem or confirm them. And, you know, some of us are on a bigger platform than others, and those those faux pas or those errors in judgment won't be as forgiven as many. You know, um, but I did hear his apology. I wouldn't say his apology, in my opinion, was um, makeshift or or um, or nebulous in a sense. I would, you know, I, I thought it was. I felt it was authentic. You know, um, I've only been in this skin. You know, I've never um, been in any other skin, and I appreciated hearing that. You know, he's not that guy anymore. I also know people that are loosely connected, who. Um, vouch for the same, you know. So, you know, I'd like to say that, okay, Kaz, we hear you. Continue. And and if anybody around you you hear is making those kind of comments, then please correct them, you know. I don't necessarily need anybody to be an ally that, you know, wasn't an ally or that, you know, possibly, you know, just may not be in their life goals. That's fine. You know, I don't, I don't think that he should be, um, it, it feels like a constant state of redemption, and we can let it go. We can let it go. I think most folks are clear that if they're not, you just do not come for the community that way and, and um, where you're doing any harm. We will not stand for it. We will organize. We will, you know, speak out about it. It's been many, many, many people that have lost their lives and suffering. It's a serious thing. So if you walk away with nothing else, just understand that people have lost their lives behind comments and things, you know, um, where people have actually acted out on it. So that is not something we are going to stand for anymore. Yeah, I, and I don't, I don't, I don't understand what it is that people want him to do or say. I apologize. I was wrong. He's already said he's wrong. It, it, he's already said he's already apologized. Who he apologized to? Again, he doesn't owe me personally an apology. I don't know who he apologized to. Don't really care. Just I, I care about, you know, what is your message going forward? Who are you? You know? And do you mean us any harm? And with that, 
speaking of harm, I, I need to segue to the R. Kelly thing. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of being an advocate of children, um, yo, this is, this is the thing. Someone said it a long time ago. Um, I believe it was mentioned even in the in in the, the, the biography in the show or whatever the documentary, whatever you call it. Um, that had they been white girls, R. Kelly would have been in jail by now. And I agree with that. I believe that one hundred percent. It's a slippery slope. And it's a it's a really interesting phenomenon when people blame the victim. People are you know people, especially for some reason, our community, the black community, we we quick to say, well, those are fast girls. They shouldn't have been there. Where were their parents? Blah blah blah. And you know, I saw a meme that said, "There's no little girl fast enough to catch a grown man." who's not into little girls because I can't, I I, I can't see a little girl coming up to me flirting with me. That shit is not happening. No 15 year old. You you kidding me? You know what I'm saying? No, no, that's not cute. That's not sexy. Uh Uh-uh. Um, and then the whole, brainwashing thing once these girls become young women and their age appropriate let's just say I don't know and then you think about the people around him during that time some people I know who were around him and seeing what they might have seen and maybe not really getting it or maybe getting it and, and looking at it with a side eye but not really saying anything I can I can kind of understand being in that situation, but for those who knew certainly that this was clearly an inappropriate thing, a crime, even if if not in the position or not having the um, courage to speak up and speak out, there could have been a couple of anonymous calls. Is all I'm saying. Um, if, you know, there's a lot of, some people may have, and some people did not. And, you know, I think on a broader scale, aside from the R. Kelly thing, of course, he's getting attention because of who he is, but this kind of thing is rampant. This is not just an R. Kelly thing. This kind of thing is rampant in all over the place. Not just in the black community, but what I'm talking about right now is within our community. And the thing is, I saw a comedian um, who said he was really upset, actually. And I'll I'll try to find the video and post it after the show. But he's like, why are y'all hitting me up, telling me to make some jokes about R. Kelly? This is not funny. He said, because if it was his daughter, his 15-year-old daughter, it'd be like the 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 thing would be about why R. Kelly got killed or something like that. You know, not that I'm advocating for murder. I'm not doing that. 
what I'm saying is, and what he was saying was that, you know, black men need to step up. Men need to step up and say, yo, this is not good. This is not cool. I've had, you know, there's a guy that I know who's going to remain nameless. I saw on his um, Facebook feed talking about, oh, I don't know why y'all talking about R. Kelly when some of you women know when y'all were younger, y'all snuck into the crook in the into the club so that you could talk to older men. But you know what? It's the older men's responsibility to redirect the young girls and not take advantage of them, you know? And um, for right now, that's all I got to say about that. I can talk and talk and talk on that. But but y'all go ahead and y'all, y'all take the floor on that. Nathan, would you care to comment? Well, well, I agree with you, Javon. I think that uh, it is it is incumbent on the older person who is definitely more capable of making the right decision to tell a younger girl that approaches him that, no, this is not appropriate, this is not the place or the time, you're too young, you're not ready, whatever he has to say. You know, uh, adults sometimes forget that our responsibility as adults is to be adults. And in this whole sorry, tragic story of R. Kelly, too many people who could have stopped the abuse looked the other way. And they may have looked the other way for reasons of material gain. They may have looked the other way because they didn't believe the the young lady who said this was being done to them. But I want, I have a statement here from R. Kelly's daughter who has gone public with her comments on the whole situation because she feels that at this point the situation has, in her, word, in her words, um, gotten out of hand. And uh, she says that she that most people who know her know that she has not had a relationship with her father for an extended period of time. And uh, however, she goes on to describe her father as a monster. And uh, she says that um, the we should be speaking up against Nathan? Did he, pull, did he drop out? I think he dropped right on out. Oh, yeah, we lost him. His, his call dropped. But you go ahead and take it, uh, Therese. I'll be looking for him to call back in. Yeah. And I, I'm just I gonna... did see that um, quote from the daughter as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I absolutely think that um, he is a, a man that needs help. He has needed help for a very long time. I have actually never been an R. Kelly fan. Um, and this goes back to, you know, and I too have um, connections with doing, uh, with working with youth. And I remember um, a young kid um, that I was connected to at one time when around the time where you remind me of my Jeep was out, um, because that's how I became introduced to the song by watching this, this kid emulate, you know, what he was listening to. And I was just mortified. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. Because I've always kind of, um, you know, I'm aware of his songs. I've heard them. So, you know, I'm not, you know, but I've never honestly purchased any of his music because I thought it was too sexually suggestive. And, you know, um, and not to say that it was not entertaining for some in the tracks, but the lyrics 
were too sexually suggestive. So, like, and I don't know if you've ever played, like, um, any of the songs separate and t- taken the lyrics out. The, the music itself, you know, um, is amazing. However, the lyrics, when you add, that's what's on this brother's mind, and that's what he's thinking. And most of it is um, very misogynistic. It's very um, degrading to women, you know, um, to young women. And, and it's just kind of, and if any clips that I've ever seen of his live shows, you know, um, that have popped up either on my feed or from, it, it, it's always so, it's always so racy, you know, like it wouldn't be something that I would, you know, with the exception of, um, I believe I could fly, you know, which mm-hmm. is, you know, which, which grabs me because it's, you are not alone. It's Michael Jackson stuff. So it's kind of weird, um, the experience, but I did watch the special, all of the episodes and reconfirmed, reactivated what I felt I already knew. Um, I do not know, you know, um, how, the parents did not find a way to tear that entire fortress down brick by brick. If I ever thought my child was trapped anywhere and being held either by her own uh, uh, admittance or by, or not, there wouldn't be a brick in sight. So I agree with, you know, like folks like master P who says like, can you really imagine if you thought your child was behind somebody's wall? What, you know, like, I'm not a violent person, but I can't even imagine living with that, you know, um, circumstance. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, you know, he's still allowed to get away with it. You know, I'm, I understand right now as we speak, he's, uh, there's a show, I guess he's booked or booked him in Germany somewhere, and they're trying to get that shut down too. You know, you, he's got to be stopped, um, and he's got yeah. to come to task for some of these things, you know, um, early on. And he's been telling you about it, almost like he's he's doing it and telling you about it, and you know this it's just it's it's too much, it's too much, one too many involved in this situation, and to couple with what you said before, he's not doing it by himself, he's not soliciting these young girls after shows and by himself, he's got a team of folks that are helping him do this. You know, he's got people that are mm-hmm. helping him. He's not doing it alone. So, you know, and these are what I call and what society would call co-defendants. Because when you take him down, you're not just taking him down. You're taking down his camp of folks that have allowed this, this culture to exist around him and help perpetuate it. I'm sorry. Because I seriously doubt if he's walking around saying, you, 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 come with me. You know, he's got handlers. He's got people that are helping. And even in the studio, he's got workers that are helping him stay this way and, and fortifying. So as far as I'm concerned, all of those people are guilty. All of his um, people in his entourage that solicit and party and, and, and you know, uh, that help this process are all guilty. So we're focusing on R, yes, the culprit, yes, the person that this is uh, designed for, but you also got to look at what this sex ring is and call a thing a thing, you know, um, mm-hmm. and and use it to, you know, take down the entire operation. And not just the people who are now turning coat, because, you know, some of those people, like, okay, well, where were you when this was happening? And did you co-sign it? Because, I mean, they, it's good that you're blowing the whistle now, but how close are you to being locked up yourself that you now decide, are you, are you happy? My, I, excuse me, I'm, I'm mumbling over my words because I'm so passionate about it because I'm thinking now that, you know, he's got to go down, that's clear. And he's managed to slip through and pay off and do all those things. But at what point, you know, 
we got to learn how in this culture separate people from who they are versus what they do. Mm. He is a musician. Mm-hmm. You know, the man, we don't know. And a lot of times, you know, with the breaking of this fourth wall on social media, you know, I'm, I'm from an era that was before social media. So some of the, the talent, there was mystique behind their existence. You know, there was a fourth wall that is so they can build whatever they are, whoever they wanted you to believe through public relations. Now, you know, with social media, some of that fourth, a lot of that fourth wall is broken. You can actually communicate with some of the, your, your favorites directly. But we still haven't gotten to a point where we separate being excited about who people are versus what, you know, which are two clearly different things. So it's, it's uh, yeah. one thing to be excited about someone's talent. It's another thing to think you know them to put yourself in a harmful position. And I'm not talking about the young ladies because they're in a different – they're presumed to be in a different level of um, developmental uh, – a di- different level of development. So they yeah. may not be as discerning as knowing where they're putting themselves. I'm talking about folks that I've watched fan out over somebody who is a horrible human being, but their music is amazing. Right. So what you so how to question then before us is how do you separate the art from the artist in a case like this? Well, I think that you know it's that's a difficult and it's a great question, Nathan, and that's a difficult one because that's one that's the one that's been on the table for quite a, a while. What I can say is that um, when you have the real person, it can upstage the art, in my opinion. You know, um, I don't want to hear anything he's got going on. I don't want to support him as a human, which does say to me that the person is bigger than the talent, you know, um, when when all things are to be considered. You know, like now you mentioned his name. I don't want to hear him. I would be the one that would ask the DJ to not play him, you know. And I'm glad a lot of DJs are speaking out saying that's the end of, you know, I've trashed my catalog as far as he's concerned because you just can't condone it. You know, you you don't want to support anything that someone that is harming other people is doing. So, Nathan, let me just say that <clears throat> I've been in that situation a, a couple of times, right? So, um, as as you're well aware, we've had some very, like, some phenomenal guests on this show, correct? And so I've had an opportunity to meet certain people, um, all of whom have been excellent guests, those who have shown up. They've just, I mean, it's been a love fest every interview. It feels like, wow, these are such great people. No wonder I love their music, blah, blah, blah. And some of them, I've had opportunities to meet them when the lights, the cameras are off, there's nobody around. And they have been quite rude to me. Like, who the hell are you? You know, like, I'm, wow, like, like wow. Like, we just, you know, I, I remember one person in particular who was a guest on the show a couple of times, quite frankly. And so our relationship is clearly just personal. And, and I, I mean, professional. And I wish I had never met her personally. Because when we, when we did meet, um, it was maybe a week after she had been on the show, and I went to shake hands and say hi, and she was like ill, and I was like, oh, you know, we, I'm Javon. We just spoke um, the other day. You were on my show. She said, I know who you are. I'm like, 
Oh shit, really? It's like that. It's like that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, so I I definitely had to separate her from my fanfare. I'm I'm still a fan of her music. Um. But we've we've actually since that time come to a different place. Then there are those who whose music who I have not met personally, do not wish to meet personally, like let's just say Kim Burrell. After that ranting and raving that crap. That now now Kim Burrell versus Kevin Hart. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's let's let's do let's do that. She's not apologetic in no way, no how. And I stopped playing her music, period. Can't even stand to, to listen to it. And then there are those that I, I like as people, but their music sucks. So that doesn't mean I have to listen to it. You know what I'm saying? You have, I mean, like people are people and what they do for work, they do for work and who they are is who they are. But but then it's like Rez is saying, also you have to understand that when you, when you buy, purchase people's music, and especially nowadays because of the way the um, music industry is when you go and see them in concert. I believe for the most part, that's how people get paid. Um, When you follow them on social media and they're drawing a crowd, that's a way that people typically, they have to show that they have this fanfare. When you support them in those ways, um, you're supporting their lifestyle. R. Kelly is not someone I can support his lifestyle. And unlike Therese, I actually like that bump and grind type of thing because I'm overly sexual in my head. I'm a Scorpio. I'm sorry. I I like that kind of sexy, yeah, you know, kind of stuff. It reminds me of the 90s when I was younger and just clearly, you know, I always wanted to be loose but never really was <laughs> just I'm always I've always just been monogamous but whatever but I always like that kind of music but I can't listen to him now without seeing those little girls how do you separate it you got to use your common sense you have to use your empathetic sense of this when when I listened to the music back then I always imagined grown folk I never put children in the mix, people being forced by, you know, or, or people, women being abused, physically abused, domestic violence. I never, I never associated that music with that. But now when I listen to it, it's, it's R. Kelly and minors and even adult women who are being abused. That's what I think of when I hear this music now and, and I just can't do it. I will not play it. And I, I'm, I'm disgusted by, by the same music that used to get me excited. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it does. It. it really, really does. It does because, you know, the optics of the whole thing, and, you know, I think that's a key word a lot of people miss here, given what was brought out in the Surviving R. Kelly documentary. Uh, and when you try to interpose that with R. Kelly's body of work, his music, you know, those two things just uh, conflict with one another because 
it can be said to some degree that R. Kelly built his career at the same time that he was committing these unspeakable acts against young women and that he benefited either directly or indirectly from other people's willingness, again, to ignore what he was doing. I'm talking about people who were in close proximity to him and could have done something to stop it. So, yeah, I tend to agree with Javon that it's it, – I don't think it's possible to listen to his music today with what we know now, with what has been brought out in the public, and not see the face of a monster. Yes. And, Nathan, I think you just answered your own question. That's how we separate them. That's how right. we separate the artist from the art. Now, speaking of um, not being able to stop someone or being able to stop someone and not doing it, being complicit, let's move on to what's going on in this country, which I'm afraid we have a communist, KGB, Russian spy running this country. What's up? What the what is going on? This is the yo. This is not funny. This is this is scary. This is like, you know, in in Russia they have like martial law. You speak out against the government, they shoot you. That's it. You dead. This is, and this is the kind of government that the president is is trying to get. And and we don't have checks and balances the way we're supposed to in order to stop this. And now that, yeah, I know we got the, you know, Democrats in the House, but you got that that Mitch McConnell that's um, kind of blocking that whole thing. This is some serious yep. stuff. And we only got seven minutes, so I'm going to let y'all talk about it. Oh, I'm laughing because if I wasn't laughing, I'd be crying, Javon. Uh, if it is borne out that Donald Trump, the president of the United States, is in fact an agent in the employ of the Russian Federation, that would mean that Russia has successfully conquered our country without ever firing a shot. It means mm. that all of the back and forth that has gone on over the past two years about whether Trump has been in collusion with the Russians, whether the Russians have undue influence over Trump, whether, in fact, the United States is being governed from the Kremlin, okay, all of that would be moot because our country will have been in the hands of our enemy since the day that Trump was sworn into office. Now, uh, to, to think about that, like you said, it's just bone-chilling. Now, there are two questions that go to what the New York Times brought out last night. One is... Are the KGB or the Russian intelligence services capable of running an operation that big? And two, if Trump is in fact a Russian agent and that has been discovered by the FBI, well, just how deep does that rabbit hole go and what do we do about it? Because Trump is in a position to make sure that Robert Mueller's report never sees the light of day. Uh, that he can, as he has dangled in front of the people uh, this past week, declare a state of emergency, which would give him broad and sweeping powers to do, among other things, suspend electronic communication in the United States. So you now have a chief executive 
who may be either an asset or an agent of the Russian Federation, on top of which we already know that he is a grossly corrupt person in terms of his lifelong business dealings, both he and his children. We know that Russian operatives went to 750 Fifth Avenue, which is Trump Tower, to discuss ways that they could help Trump win the election. Trump himself went on television two years ago during the Democratic National Convention and asked the Russians to help him do it. Okay, if that's not solicitation, I don't know what is. But getting back to your original thing, the other really scary thing is that if Trump is a Russian agent, if he's working on behalf of the Russians, it would explain a great many things. It would explain why Trump is doing so many things that are favorable to Russia, like withdrawing our troops from Syria on no notice, uh, on easing sanctions with Russia, all of these things. And I think what's going to happen when the Democrats get serious in the House and start investigating Trump in detail, it's going to open up a very, very ugly Pandora's box and the American people will discover just how seriously their government has been compromised. I, I, can't, I can't stress this enough. All of the people that I talk to in the media, all of my fellow journalists, they are all saying essentially the same thing, and that is that if the President of the United States has in fact given aid and comfort to the enemy, if not treason, and the framers of the Constitution set the bar very high on treason for, for, for very, very good reasons. But it is at the least violation of the Espionage Act, something that should freeze the blood of every American that loves this country because it means that our enemies have achieved after the Cold War what they sought to do during the entire life of the Soviet Union. And if you look at some of the other things Trump has done, uh, the way that he's rolled back protections for the LGBT community, for example. I think that's very telling. And the reason I think it's very telling and how it fits into Trump possibly being a Russian asset is that in Russia right now, in the in the Chechnya region, there is an active purge going on of all the LGBT people that live there. It's been going on for the past two years. The government is systematically either exterminating, locking up, or expelling all of its LGBT people. Russia is a very, very anti-gay, anti-LGBT country. And in Trump's actions, in kicking the transgender troops out of the military and removing the LGBT community from the language of American law, uh, in signing an executive order that permits people in business to discriminate against the LGBT community, we see reflected in American policy that of the Russians. It's a little thing, but it's a very telling one. And defining gender. Um, Therese, you want to wrap us up with some last words? Well, you know, I want to first start off by thanking Nathan for joining us today. Um, and, uh, you know, it's always a pleasure hearing from you and, and listening to your point of view. Um, I, I co-sign everything that um, you've said today and um, look forward to possibly having you back again. Um, you know, we, we in this country have to really, really, really consider all of our 
are facts now, and I think that we are at a poised position to do that with everything from the R. Kellys to the the Donald Trumps, and I'm just looking forward to seeing some impeachment stuff come rolling around and just empty out the whole cabinet. Anybody with me on that? <laughs> Absolutely, 100, 100%. Impeachment and then lock him up. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it's treason, and I, I really believe I'm not really the um, Constitution says that the punishment for treason is supposed to be death. I, I'm not saying kill him, but I think that's the law. I think. I'm not saying. Mm. I'm just saying I think that's what's in there. So not to say that that's what needs to happen, but I do think that incarceration for those, these are high crimes against this country. And you know, one last thing I want to say is that I pledged allegiance to the flag of the United States of America from the time that I was, I guess, five years old up until probably 17 or something like that. You had to do it. And for okay. me to now look at that flag and see a symbol of racism and hatred, it sickens me. It sickens me. Yeah. Um, wow. Thank you so yeah. much. Thank you so much for having me on the show, guys. Absolutely, yeah, Nathan. always, Nathan. Always, Nathan. And Therese, love you to pieces. Mo, I don't know if she's still, is the wife still there? No, you know, she's off. <laughs> I, you know, she's in, she's out, she's in, she's out. I don't know, but we love her too. And um, <clears throat> we are, we are really facing um, a, a crazy time in our country and in the world, you know, just uh, what I want to say to everybody is just please be kind to yourself and to others. We're living in a troubled world, and with that, Faith Evans, Kelly Price, and Jessica Reedy, Troubled World. This song right here goes out to all my brothers and sisters. All across the land No matter what you're going through You gotta keep your head up Cause God is with you God is with you Troubled world That I see Every day
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.